I feel the master. I feel we the master. All right, welcome to the I Can't Deal With This. We are back and better than ever. We have some new faces in the podcast this evening. We have Mr. Peck. How you what doing, up, Mr. Peck? Up. Doing pretty good. How Connor, you? Connor Peck. He is going to be a part-time, full-time guest. Who knows? We'll see how this takes us. Then we have the new roommate, Avery Foster. What's up, what's up, what's up? The, the Steelers fan himself. We have yes, sir, unapologetically. Uh, unapologetic Steelers <laughs> fan. We have a Panthers fan who's struggling right now and a 49ers fan. So how does it feel? So we're, we're kind of – we haven't been on the air in a long time. Last time – we were on the air with like May 31st, and we didn't know whether sports were going to be back. And sports are back. We have basketball. We have uh, NHL. We have UFC. We have Fight Island. We have a lot of stuff going on. But I want to start out with the thing that has captivated American sports, and that is the NBA bubble. And so who do you guys think? And we're, we're almost at the end of the eight regular season games. And next week we start the playoffs. But who has been the biggest surprise to you through the first seven games of the NBA bubble? Has it been TJ Warren from the Indiana Pacers? Has it been Devin Booker? Has it been Dame Lillard? Has it been the Suns as a whole? Who do you guys think is the biggest surprise so far? Uh, I'm going to have to go Devin Booker. Okay, okay. And, and the Suns as a whole because – for the last, what, four or five years, they've been mediocre at best and last in the West every year. Yeah. And they've just had Devin Booker growing and becoming like a star. And then finally they win some games. And because of the bubble, they're going to make a push for the playoffs, you know, say if the Grizzlies lose. But for a team that has come in last consistently to um, go 7-0 and with the star power of, like, their young stud – it's pretty impressive, and no one was expecting it. You know, no one expected them to beat the Clippers. Yeah, and I, and I'm I'm a thousand percent with you. I mean, we look at when we started this bubble, the Suns were the 12th seed, 12 out of 13. They were pretty much eliminated. It, it was pretty much no shot, and so they've gone seven and zero. They've gone from the 12th seed to the ninth seed. Um, they're half a game back from the Trailblazers. Literally. It's going to be an interesting next few days because we have two games left. The Trailblazers have that spot of the eighth seed, but you have the Trailblazers, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Spurs, all within half a game. So it is do or die right now. You got eight, nine, ten, eleven, all up for grabs. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I do feel probably the what you would say the biggest surprise would probably be the main the like the maintaining of the bubble. Like we oh, had, a thousand percent. We had one guy, I think, who went to supposedly a funeral and then went to a strip club. Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Lou what a legend. Get that, chicken wings. Listen, that man. Yeah, he went for the chicken wings. <laughs> he went, he, he went didn't for, go for the strippers. He went for the chicken wings. Listen, you know, ladies, take a step back in the NBA bubble. Chicken wings will get you inside. Um, <laughs> I also think, you know, the, the, the support that they've shown, you know, for Black Lives Matter has been really important. I mean, I guess for, like, the, the nation as a whole, for them to take a step up, that was important. But in my opinion, the biggest surprise, I would, I would have to say the Suns. Maybe that's just me thinking that, like, you're around only basketball. Like, the vices of being in, like, a city and, like, the stress. And 
the temptation isn't there. It's you, a basketball in your room. And I think someone brought his own sheets with him. Smart move. Yeah. You know? but <laughs> smart, smart move. move. Listen, you got to be comfortable out there. I think he was on the Raptors, too, and, and they've done a pretty damn good job. So um, I think Damian Lillard, though. I Dude, I tell you what, man. I think that for the longest time, Damian Lillard has always been slept on. He's always been one of those guys in which people would say, yeah, he's a he's a top six, top five point guard in the league. But Dame Lillard going for 37 points per game, four and a half rebounds, 9.3 blocks, like, or not 9.3 blocks. That'd be that wild. That would be nuts. But, <laughs> if that man. That man needs to get, Giannis take a step back. Yeah. Defensive player, um, no point guard getting 9.3 blocks dude, would be. Yeah, that'd be wild. But 9.3 assists, like, this man is showing. And it's one of those things, because he's in a small market, I don't think that he gets the, the fame that he deserves. I mean, the Trailblazers is not a – Golden State Warriors, it isn't a Lakers, it isn't a Knicks, one of those big markets. But he is, like, since we've been back in the bubble, he is showing time and time again that he is a top three point guard at the minimum. Well, I mean, that could roll into, you know, the next question of, like, if he can continue this in the bubble and only the bubble, would it be, like, a one-and-done greatness thing where, like, look at him go. He did a great job in the bubble. But let's say, for example... After the bubble ends, Portland Trail Blazers, let's say they make it to maybe the first or second round, they get bounced. I think they're going to have to play the Clippers. Clippers or like the Lakers. And the Lakers haven't done as well, and I think the Clippers are going to be good. But if they get bounced and he comes back out of the bubble, let's hope that we have a safe environment for players. And he sucks again, and he's not like that good. Like, not he doesn't suck, but like he's back to that five, six point guard status we just look at that as an anomaly. But I don't know. I don't know, man, because, like, you look at last year. I mean, the Trailblazers went to the Western Conference Finals. That's very true. I mean, they – yes, they went to the Western Conference Finals. Like, they were the ones who beat the Thunder. The Paul George, the Russell Westbrook, the Carmelo-led Thunder. Actually, Carmelo (laughs) was off the team by then. But, I mean – they were they were the guys. He sent Paul George home. Yeah, he did send Paul George home. And I think Damian Lillard, Stephen A. Smith said it best. Do not mess with that man. Like, you might come at this man, but like Shaq knows because of his diss track, he will not miss. Boy, it's, that diss track on Shaq was hilarious. But to me, Dame Lillard, he headlines. And this is my next question to y'all. What do you think who do you who would you put in your all bubble team? Because Dame Lillard has to be on that list. I mean, since returning back from the since the two, three months off, I mean, you got Dame Lillard, which is going for thirty seven points a night. Like I said, four and a half rebounds, nine point seven assists. Um I would also put Devin Booker. You you said talked about it just a little bit ago. Yeah. If you look at the Suns team on surface, they do not have a good number two. They have DeAndre Aiden, but DeAndre Aiden still hasn't hasn't progressed into that yeah. really superstar that they want him to be. They still have Kelly Oubre, which I think he's injured. He might be injured. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he's they, they were he. They were hyping him up like midseason. I mean, he was dunking he, on people. Yeah, and it. But to me, it's just one of those things where like Kevin Booker is the Suns team. And, like, he has an overall – he has Ricky Rubio, like, some other like other yeah. pieces around him that can help him out. But – You got Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, he got <laughs> Frank the Tank. <laughs> what a nickname. Dude, Frank the Tank Kaminsky. 
I just want you guys to know, and you probably haven't, you probably don't know my beef with Frank. Frank Comiskey is my worst player that the Charlotte Hornets have ever drafted. Ever. Yeah, for sure. Because, dude, every time that I went to a Hornets game, he would go like one for 27. That's what he would do in the games. I'm weak. Um, I didn't know where we were going with that. But he would have be like one for 27 with like three points. One and that'd be away. it. He tried to back down like Hassan Whiteside. Like he's like a post player and he's not even good at three-point shooting in the NBA. Follow-up. Cody Zeller also. Underappreci- no, he's underappreciated. Bro. No. Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller always is falling at the yeah, game. Yeah, he's falling, but he's hustling. At least he's trying. You know. Listen, as a Hornets fan, I don't need people trying. I need to see something. <laughs> Listen, I think they're giving like special jerseys away mm-hmm. to teams who make it to like the, the the finals and like earn jerseys. I said, man, the Hornets are never going to get one of these, and it's going to blow. But I think I think running back to it, uh, I think the Suns the, is probably like one of the bigger surprises, only because I think maybe they won the first game. Maybe they're thinking like, oh, we made it to the bubble. There's a chance. It's going to be hard. They weren't. My team didn't even make it to the bubble. So yeah, like, we were at one game out. Yeah, you know they were like, "Fuck you, Charlotte." That's um, Hornets. They were like, that's Hornets for you. Fuck you, Charlotte. Um, so then you know they, they they roll in and they win a game. They win two. They win three. And I think it's it just starts to steamroll. Like your team is like, "Yo, we have a chance." But like, this is, but now I think that there's there's the burden of you have to make it. you have to win now. Yeah. Like one game great two games great three games great you're still looking from the outside in but now that you're here the pressure is extremely on you and Devin Booker has showed that he is not afraid of that pressure but is can the rest of the team rise up to that challenge because like I said you have four teams right now that are a half a game away no, into being the the it's a it's a four-way tie and I think the Spurs are a half game back Whatever they're, works. They're all tied for But the I, I know that there's just a lot of people. There, there's just a lot of teams in one spot. And who is going to be that one spot? We have yet to see. But kind of. You're going to say the Spurs. You're going to say I'm the gonna, Spurs? I think the Suns will lose one game. And I think, I the think they will too. But I'm going, with trail, I'm going with Trail Blazers. Dame Lillard, hot take, is the best point guard in the league. I just, and I he has go, shown that. I will go Grizzlies. Yeah. Just, just, Interesting. I will say the Grizzlies will somehow. Nobody says the Spurs, even though we just said the Spurs are the no, biggest surprise. No, it could be any of them, but I I could see the Spurs snagging it just because of the coach. Yeah. No, you I your top I mean, Greg, Greg Popovich is a great coach. Yeah. But kind of circling back to my all-bubble team, Dame, number one. He's got to be the number one. Um, but Devin Booker, like I said, he's going for 31 points a game. He's just balling out. TJ Warren, even though he got shut down by Jimmy Butler um, in, in the, heat the, other, the Heat game the other day, he's still averaging 31 points since he's been back. Um, I'm going with Chris Stapps as my number four, my, point, my power forward. I mean, he gets always overlooked by Luka. Luka has the 40-point, 30-point triple-doubles, but... Chris Stapps has averaged 30.5 points per points per game, about 9.5 rebounds, 2.1 assists. Like he has been balling like under the radar, and he it's been one of those where he's because been very over Luka's, the under the radar. Yeah, and Luca is that star power. I mean, we're talking about Luca being the probably the MVP candidate for the foreseeable future. Chris Stapps, I don't think is going to be ever that, but. 
Chris Depps has been balling. And my number five, my center that I would have is going to be Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid did have a terrible game against the Blazers. He scored a total of two points. That's two more points than I could score in an NBA game. But he, but even after that two points, he's still averaging 25 points a game, about 12 rebounds a game. Now, he isn't really passing the ball. He has about like one and a half assists per game. But, I mean, I mean either way, either way, he's still getting all the rebounds. And especially with Ben Simmons being out for the year. That's what I was going to say. Because Ben That's Simmons is out, it's he's got to score. It, it's got to be Joel, and it's got to be Joel's team because it used like when Jimmy Butler was on the team last year or two years ago. We were at that well, game, weren't we? Mm, you and me we went and saw Philly play Hornets. Yeah, but that was like a couple years ago. I don't think, I think we were Jimmy at, was on the team. Maybe I, don't I have no idea. Sorry. But <laughs> I just aside. but Jimmy Butler when he was on the team. If Ben Simmons went out, it was it's still a two man show. Jimmy Butler's not on that team anymore, and now Joel Embiid has to do what he's never really wanted to do and carry that whole team on his well, back. He has to because Tobias Harris can't. <laughs> yeah. Even though he's great, I'm just saying. But uh, I'll, I'll go with my top five for the bubble now. Yeah. So mine's a lot different. Uh, I'm going to go. Now, now before you get into it, what are you judging it on? Like the top five players in the bubble, the top five players? Because mine were the top five players that have performed in the bubble. I'm going to – Go with, like, in the bubble. I'm not just saying top five in the NBA. Okay. Um, I just drew a blank. Oh, yeah, my point guard, I'm going to go Dame. And my two guard, oh, yeah. I'm going to go Booker. Okay. Uh, for three, even though he doesn't play the three, I'm putting James Harden. Okay. Because of how he's been playing. Uh, my four will be Luka. And my five would be Anthony Davis. Luka being at the four would get demolished he by would, Chris but I mean, I mean, you say that, but the, the Houston, Houston's been playing small ball and winning. But the only thing with Houston is, like, How yeah, many? they got really close with, with the Golden State Warriors that few years ago where they were really close to beating them. But All the infamous 27 at, threes missed. Yeah, like, like, after that, it's like you got to love their, their mentality. But if I don't, if, if James Harden and Russell, Russell Westbrook can't win it now, yeah, I it think, might be over for them. I think, like, the small ball mentality might die off, like, slowly yeah. die off with them. If they make a push and yeah. they make it because they innovate. And I think that that's one thing about the the NBA is I mean, very interesting about I w- that. D- with the small ball, like at the same time, the Denver Nuggets are doing the four centers lineup, big man ballers. Yeah, See, got- I personally, and it's just like I, if I were taller, I would be a big man, and like I enjoy that back to the basket, old school t- style of just like rough and tug them, like just back to the basket big band ball yeah. and i'm i'm not the biggest fan of the small ball the warriors did it a couple years ago like you said the rockets threes. i mean rockets are shooting all the <laughs> all the threes <laughs> all over the place Everyone. um everywhere um anyone's doing it i mean you got yeah, clint capella who was yeah. back then still yeah, just shooting mean, threes and dwight howard on the lakers He's yeah shooting threes now now so i i gotta Got to ask you guys a question, but I want Connor to finish his. Yeah. What? Who is your NBA bubble team? Um, I'll go. I'll go a little out there. 
I'd say Zion Williamson looks like he performed pretty good in a few games in the bubble. I mean, I think. Wow. I, wasn't I was not that. expecting that <laughs> one. Um, I like his play. I think, you know, obviously this is going to be weird. I don't think he's rookie of the year. The Grizzlies rookie. I'm like John Morant. Ja- John Morant. I would take John Morant too. Like, go, yeah. go, go rookie because I think those two. I think he's still going to develop, and I think he's in a weird scenario. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I take Giannis. I mean, the man just headbutted someone. Love the uh, love the mentality of trying to win. <laughs> You're gonna headbutt someone. You you got to be playing hard out there. And I um, think that he does. I mean, Giannis I, I, brings that passion to the I, game I think, that I feel like not a lot of people bring I, anymore. I think if if we see Milwaukee make it to the finals against anyone, and Giannis is like truly in the zone. I think the Milwaukee Bucks will take it. They're just it's just a good, well-rounded team. Yeah, defensively and offensively, all around, there's no weaknesses. I would take I take um, the Portland Trailblazer dude who's been like Dame Damian Lillard. I mean, you can't deny yeah what he's done. Yeah, and I would take Anthony Davis. I think I yes, mean sir. looking at the Lakers. I mean they've done okay. They clinched the first seat. Don't get me wrong, that's fantastic. You know, big fan of LeBron James. Not the biggest fan of the Lakers, but it is Anthony Davis's team. I mean, much. Anthony Davis is the one that's been really powering that team, and yeah. I got to give him that because you want to talk about like, like true pressure. You got LeBron James on this team after leaving Cleveland. You had the incident that happened earlier this year. You know, rest in you know rest in peace, Kobe. I mean, he was inspiration yeah. to all of us. Yeah, the Lakers. You know, I think that whole the whole area, every Lakers fan wants him to win this year. That's going to be like a huge moment for the circle. And then Anthony Davis is the one that's powering through. So yeah. um, Kyle it's, Kuzma is another player I think is going to be interesting to watch. He's done a few things. He had like what a game winner or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean recently. he Kuzma would start on any other team. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean Kyle Kuzma, like in all honesty, if Kyle Kuzma would have got traded to the Pelicans instead of like Brandon Ingram yeah. or Lonzo Ball, he might be in the talks for like most improved or yeah. something like some kind of award because Kyle Kuzma is that good. And I think that his shot over Ball Ball, I think that is that's his name. Ball Ball, yeah. But his shot over Ball Ball the other night for a game winner, like that just shows that he's one fearless and two extremely talented. Well, I guess that that brings to the next question of what you consider greatness to be in the NBA and other sports. Because for me, in the NBA, rings are valued a little bit more importantly than other sports because of the individualistic individualistic nature of it. Like if LeBron James, let's say, never won a ring, let's just say you take all of it out. He's always lost in the finals. Yeah. There's no way, there's no way anyone could, you would be immediately shut down saying, you know, Michael won six. Exactly. But, you would look at his statistics being the youngest player to hit what a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty. The he, most, the most career I mean, playoff yeah, like just points exactly. The rings over his head yeah, for how great he is. He's drug probably some of the crappiest teams we've ever seen to like literal finals. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you know, I know they got swept the la- his like last year's the Cavs. You know, because J.R. Smith was like. Looking the other way, there was some bird in the they stadium. They would have had at least one. What game. are you doing? They would have one game at J. least. J.R. Smith, I guarantee you, saw a bird in the stadium and yeah. was just like, "Dude, that's a pigeon." And and he was like, "Oh, get the ball down this." So you know, <laughs> so what do you consider greatness? Because Dame, you know, Damian Lillard or all these people were talking about like the bubble five. You know, these these players. Can that translate to next year? Well, we always remember that for but, being. But that's greatness. the thing is that you you're a hundred percent, a thousand percent right. LeBron James without any rings would not even be considered. I don't. Not only would he not be in the goat conversation, I don't think he would even be in top five. I think he'd be like like the biggest bust 
of the NBA of all time. I would disagree with that just well, because just you minute. have you have Greg Oden, you have you have a lot of guys. I think that he would be the Barry Sanders of the NBA. Because he all the everybody stats, no would stats stats no championships. No yeah. championships. But let me ask you this. I don't think that you can solely put somebody's worth of greatness in in rings. I, because I, I mean, that's why we talk about Bill Bill Russell. Not eleven rings, eleven rings. Yeah, but he's not better than. But he, but nobody says that he's the better than Michael, better than LeBron, better than about, Magic. No, about I, you about greatness. No, I agree with that. I, I think it's a mix of both. It has to be. Yeah, it has to I, be. I don't think you can just say like, okay, like Tom Brady has six rings, but say like another quarterback had six rings. But not the same stats as Tom. All the like yards and the same, you know what I mean. The top yeah. five and touchdowns and straight up twenty straight winning seasons. Like Tom would still monster. be the goat with all those stats, even though I don't, I don't like Tom Brady. Trust me, I we have we him. are we have to be a neutral podcast here. But I, but I think no, that, I will be neutral on Tom Brady. That's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I think it also is a problem of era too. Yeah. Of like, I think there is to an extent a recency bias. For for some people, especially as the last dance came out, that it, yeah, exactly. Well, got this whole so mentality. I think that the whole LeBron versus Michael thing that's a hard thing to cover, just because the game, even though it's in the name of basketball, the game is entirely different it's than the, it was back then. I mean, you look at back then. They weren't doing many threes. They were playing the smash mouth defense where the if you go into the pistol pistons place, they, they are going beat to you, beat, beat the living crap out of you. I and it's gonna be all the time, all the time, all the time, and you're gonna get bruised after bruises after bruises. I but I would argue here, let me you're just good, finish sorry, real quick. Bad. Um but I would argue in today's society, you got you got people like KD. You got people like Steph. You got people like Russell Westbrook. I would argue that they are as athletic, even more athletic than the people of Charles Barkley, of John Stockton, of Carl Malone that were in the nineties. And so I think it's even though it's in the name of basketball, we're playing two completely different styles of basketball. James Harden shoots a thousand threes which in a season, never which which yeah. never exists. Go ahead with what do you, what do you think? No, I was gonna say uh, I think. LeBron is the only comparison for that could play back in that era because of how big he is and how strong he is, and there was no other players built like him. Yeah, like he's two fifty and runs faster than everybody else the that LeBlanc. was playing in the nineties and everything. Block by you know James. what I mean? So Block I think it's a different era, but I think there's only a select few players who could play in that era. And oh, and I great. agree. Like I'd say Russell and LeBron, I've maybe Giannis, but uh, I don't know anyone else who could play that way because the game now is like evolved around threes you got center shooting threes everyone has to have a three-pointer in the league now like they were even talking about adding a four-point line so like back then it was pound the paint and you have like two role player shooters like on the bulls they had john paxton and steve kerr well yeah i guess you could consider greatness it it varies between sports and i think the universal the universal factor would have to be data because i think you know, even when you're, I was like playing some basketball with some friends, and you're playing one and twos. They said it is like statistically, po- like way more to your benefit to shoot for the two instead of the one. Yeah. Every time, because even the decreased chance of making it, you're quadrupling or however many points you're doing. 
So I think that, yeah. I mean, hell, look at the back in the day when they used to score like 146 points, like the Jazz or whatever, yeah. where they were running like – you basically ran down the field and like dunked the ball and just shot it as fast as you could. But the defense gave up like 200 points. You wouldn't win. Yeah. So I think that basketball does evolve. And I think greatness does matter because, I mean, um, we were talking earlier about the offensive lineman for the Browns that retired. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Never, never won. Never won. Probably the greatest in his position of they, all time. I don't, like gave up like no sacks. He played consecutively forever. He can be up in that yeah. position. They of never being had the a best. winning season. But, but the problem is, yeah. this is football though. Because yeah. look at Tom Brady. If if you said like look at Drew Brees for example. Yeah. I'm a Panthers fan. Hate the man. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that he isn't one of the greatest to play. Yeah. He won. You know, after New Orleans and Katrina, that was great. But. Minneapolis miracle losing again. To, I mean, there was the whole they lost to Minnesota again. <laughs> yeah, like Minnesota's like Panthers' favorite. You know, hey, yo, Minnesota play him, but yeah, I'd have to give him stats. I mean, he's the most like accurate QB of like all yeah. time. So I would think, in my idea, I I do agree with you that football and basketball are completely different because in basketball. Whether you're a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, you can score. Everyone has a Anybody can score 30 points. Anybody can score 50, 60, 100 points. Like, look at the bubble. It proves to you that, like, exactly. Anybody. anybody. Exactly. TJ Warren coming out of nowhere from the clouds. Like, but in, <laughs> but I think that in football, it's a little bit different because you're right. Yeah. Tom Brady is the quarterback. He is the centerfold. He is the captain of the team. He facilitates when they score, if they score, if yeah. they do not score. Yeah. If you are Joe Thomas, who you are the best at your position of all time, you are, I would argue he is the best left tackle we have ever seen in the no, game of football. I agree with you. But you cannot win championships when you have 15 quarterbacks in 12 seasons. And, and, That's the, good. and the other thing is that he talked about was there was – I watched an interview with him and he said there was a chance that I was going to get traded. And he understood that, like, I was going to play for a crappy team. And, like, I could Worse than his? Well, he was going to play for that crappy team unless he was going to get traded. Oh, okay. My because bad. there could be some dude on the Patriots – who has like three rings? Who's a middle of the road player? Yeah, I think Danny Danny Amendola has like what two rings? Yeah, you know, I'm maybe not, even he more might than have that. one with Denver. He might have like two or three. I don't That's know. That's Wes Walker. I don't know how many rings. I'm stupid. I don't know how many rings <laughs> Danny Amendola. Just white done. people, both short white guys that played on the Pats. <laughs> Patriots love their white receivers. Yeah. Um. So for me, I'm thinking of it like, you know, Tom Brady could carry you to the rings. You know, John Elway could carry you to a ring. But but my other thing is. If you were going to tell me in a Madden universe, you were going to grab Danny Amendola in like the first three rounds because of his ring potential, yeah. I'd look at you and go, "Thank yeah. you for passing up on like anyone else." Yeah. But that, but that, when we think about this, is kind of where I was going to and where I was trying to go to. When we think about greatness, like I said, in basketball, it is strictly on points. In football, you can be in football if. Uh, other than quarterback, I think you can be the best at your position without winning any rings. You look at Barry Sanders. You look at Joe Thomas. You look at Terrell Owens. I mean, you got people. Barry Sanders got to the playoffs one time. Megatron, another. Megatron, the another one. do a really good job of having Of just throwing players. away talent. Antonio but, Brown. Antonio <laughs> Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Raiders. Broke my heart. Um, but it's one of those things where 
I think there is a double standard in football that there isn't in baseball because the facilitator quarterback, it's kind of like the LeBron thing. Yeah. If you can be the best person in the world, you could have the Drew Brees, John Elway, Tom Brady stats combined, yeah. and if you don't win a ring, then you're worthless. It's like, and you like will not Dan, be in. Dan you, Marino, who's yeah. like never won. Exactly. Yeah. Dan Marino, probably until Peyton Manning came along, held most of the passing records. And now we kind of just forget about him. A lot of people don't even have him in the top seven, eight, ten quarterbacks of all time. And if you look at his play, Disgusting. he didn't have. A running back. He didn't have an offensive line. He didn't have a defense. He didn't have a wide receiver. He was the pinnacle and the greatest player on that team. But they just couldn't build anything around him. But once again, that's that double standard of Dan Marino is not the top 10 quarterback of all time because he doesn't have a ring. But Barry Sanders is because he's a running back and he is not that facilitator, that game I, manager. I think definitely there's a bias. I think another thing in, in basketball that's measured a lot is clutch clutchness where like yeah, LeBron missing the three when he was on the Miami Heat and they got passed out to someone else and they made the three. I think that was one of those moments where they said Michael would have made that shot. And no I one do, else was taking it. If it yeah, was Mike. you know, like you know, for example, like you know, in the Last Dance of Green Memory, all these clutch moments where he he's running through traffic, he's making the last shot to put him up, and oh, you know, it's gone in. And I think that like basketball has much more potential for that than football ever will. Because basketball, a lot of close games, best talent, you're playing it, you, the buzzard beater. I mean, besides, like, the Minneapolis miracle and, like, lateraling it back, well, the forward pass that the Texas, the Titans. <laughs> the music the city miracle. Yeah, the, yeah, the forward pass. You know, the forward pass. It, though, because it's so um, great. So, you know, them, that happening, those are, like, the legends. And I think you could probably – also, basketball has many more games than football yeah. ever does. 82 versus 16. And, but I 16. think that we also, as a society, have selective memory. For sure. Of, I think that when we, if we looked at Kobe's career. R.I.P. Rest in peace. <laughs> and and I, I, it's still fresh in our minds. I rest in peace. 2020 died. sucks, ladies and I, gentlemen. Dude, I literally player. was like, what? Is going I was on. playing basketball when it happened, and then I got a. I was I at like, church. I had two missed calls, and my dad told me, and I like was like broke down for a second because I love Kobe, dude. I love Kobe too, but if you look at Kobe's career, and I'm not saying this to downgrade Kobe, no, that's fine. And Kobe was a great player, but Kobe, if statistically, has the most game winners of all time, above Michael, above LeBron, above anybody, but he is also. Like he has twenty six made field goals in the last one minute or less. The most misses. But he also is twenty six for like eighty five. Yeah. Where like Michael was like twenty four for like forty. Like <laughs> and it's like I think that when we see that, and the reason why I say that, we have selected memory of we see the shot. In game six against the Utah Jazz in the final by Michael, you see the 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 turnaround three-pointer that LeBron had against, I can't remember who it was, but it was a couple years back. But we see that, and we're like, that's why he's so great. But when we see a miss, for in today's society, like, we're like, Kobe would have made that. Yeah, Kobe would have made that. <laughs> but I anyone, personally think. Anyone, anyone ever shooting trash yeah. get ball, Kobe. Yeah. Honestly. That, that is that is. But I think in today's society, because we are so far, far 
distance from when Michael actually played, and especially because of the last dance coming out. Yeah. The the makes are going to be the ones emphasized. The misses are not. I think they only showed like two bad things that he did on the court. I think a big thing about this is back when Michael was playing, the sports media ran what you saw. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a conspiracy, but today LeBron went back. I'll never forget. I was on Snapchat. LeBron went back to Cleveland for his first game. Yeah. That entire game was on Snapchat pretty much Mm -hmm. from every angle. So, you know, you're talking about like the second something happens, people see it. You know, Michael Jordan not doing so hot. The media is like, ah, he's having a bad game. Yeah, you're and right. Then, the social it's, media it's, like, is now, a huge like, aspect. We, like, you, the the yeah. shot where he like, you know, the Portland Trailblazer, he was like daring him to make the three, and he bang, and he hits it, and it's like that was trending within like thirty. Everyone knows it now. Everyone understands. It goes you up can in see Twitter it. a minute after it happens. Yeah, so I think that's another thing that we have to deal with. We're like, you know, we're and, numb to it. And to go back to the Kobe thing, I think a big thing for that was he played with Shaq. Yeah, and I think Shaq is another like. If you're going to talk about perennial, big, like perennial big men, yeah. Unless you're talking about like maybe Charles Barkley is prime versus Shaq, maybe. But I think everyone's taking a Sha- everyone's taking. I'm Shaq. taking Shaq. Yeah, I'm taking Shaq over any center. Yeah, like I, over. I anyone. would only Kareem. easy, easy. Only, no, I'm I would, Kareem. I would, I would take Kareem. Yeah. And personally, I would take Wilt Chamberlain. Well, the problem but is, yeah, that's that's you, me. If you were going to tell me, if you were going to say Shaq needs to guard Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq this behemoth of a Shaq human, could guard him. Like just like he he hack a Shaq was a thing for him, yeah. and I think since Kobe played on that, it made the whole reason. Another thing why Kobe's so great was Shaq left, Kobe won. Yeah, and I think that is another spark because that's what titles mean. Legacy. I think that's what a legacy. But is. so let me ask you this: kind of switching over to the football aspect. We're talking about legacy and game winners and stuff like that. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, you got you got Tom Brady. You got Drew Brees. You got a lot of these guys that are perennial. Like, nobody had, says that they are. I wish I had the stats for what you're about to say. I think I know where you're going. I'm not saying, I'm not saying what I'm, you think I'm saying. Okay. But if you look at somebody who nobody puts into the conversation of a GOAT, but how clutch he is, that man is Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford in fourth quarter. Yeah. Now, for the first – Eli Manning was the same way. For the first out. three quarters, non-existent. <laughs> yeah, they might have seven, 14 points. But when the fourth quarter comes around, Matthew Stafford comes alive. And I think the thing is, is that he has that legacy of being clutch, but when he doesn't have the the stuff to prove it, when he doesn't have the first three quarters to kind of say, like "Oh, I have I have good first three quarter stats," then yeah. I think that the legacy is like you like that game, that iconic game where he was going against. I think it was like the Vikings or something, but he dislocated his shoulder like right before he got a game winning touchdown. Like that is legacy, Stafford? but nobody will ever say. Yeah, Stafford. Okay. Nobody will ever say that he is a top 10, top 15, top 20 quarterback. I think that you're, as two history majors in here, you have to understand that the legacy. Associate's degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to understand, though, what teams you play for. The Lakers, the Celtics. These I mean, big the name markets. These are yeah. perennial powerhouses. LeBron made Cleveland, you know, more famous. But at the same time, I think the Patriots dynasty – the Broncos dynasty, 
Steelers. The Steelers dynasty. I'll give you that. Sure. <laughs> um, those those fam- Dallas. We taken Doug. You know, yes. No one. No one is going to. Who was the Dallas quarterback during the whole? Uh, Roger Stallback was one, and then Troy Aikman, Aikman was mean, the other. Know, Troy Aikman was great, but no one's ever going to say Troy Aikman the greatest. Even the the diehard Cowboys fan, I know he's like, well, I'm never going to say Troy Aikman was like the yeah. greatest of all time. I think Tony Romo is better than Aikman, but that's just me. But, but, but it's one of those things where we kind of go back to era of yeah, like recency of like. There's no way that I can say that Matthew Stafford is better than Otto Graham, even though if you look, or Brett Bart Starr, or something like that, because if you look at the stats, Matthew Stafford, in the nine years he's been playing, ten Way years that he's yards. playing, maybe even more than that, he ha- blows all of them out the water. But what Bart Starr did for the game, what Otto Graham did for the game, what yes. all these other, Terry Bradshaw did for the game, like they changed how quarterbacks played the game. And I think that it's just kind of, the evolution. It, the evolution. But I I have to ask you, and I was thinking about this today, and this is just a kind of a, a, a somewhat of a pivot, but we, we see all around because of this COVID, we're, we're starting to question what is football players going to do? What What is foot? What is the NFL going to be back? Is college football going to be back? I mean, even this week we had the back, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten canceling their season we got Oregon we got Oregon we have USC we have Ohio State we have Michigan these big name schools these national championship schools they're saying we are going to do it in the spring and what do you guys think is going to happen with the college football because I personally think and I'll start up off this one SEC is going to play no matter what happens yeah I I think I, I think that unless the NCAA says Everybody will not play. I think the ACC might back out. They might be a little bit more fragile. Conference USA and like smaller divisions might back out. The, but yeah. the the Alabama, the Auburn, the the Kentucky, the Florida, yeah. they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like and so they are going to be the ones who they're going to keep playing whether people like it or not until NCAA says something. The the only reason I think that the ACC won't is because of Clemson. Literally, because they're yeah, like the yeah. biggest program in the ACC, and if the SEC is running rampant, you know, ACC keeps saying we can compete with the SEC because they've won what the championship three or two times out of the last four or five years. Yeah, they um, Clemson, they Clemson's won them. Yeah, yeah. So you get what I'm saying. So Clemson's the biggest program in the ACC. So maybe for ego or whatnot, they're gonna try to stay, but the but, SEC will play, and they're just gonna have to play in conference games because they have no one else to play against but i'll tell you what i mean but if you're clemson though you might also have an incentive to back out because you've seen it's not your yukon it's not your your average joes that are backing out you're like you have ohio state which some were saying we're going to win it all this year who have just backed out and they're like well if ohio state's backing out we might have to reconsider that this is a good idea yeah i think it's it's interesting. I mean, I've seen arguments from both sides that, like, players are technically safer potentially in the school because they have access to medical care and they're going to get the best stuff instead of being at home where they are, have a higher risk. I think you're going to see college football get canceled solely because there's too many moving parts. Yeah. The NBA has been able to bubble, and the NHL. The NHL has been very successful in 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 bubbling itself. We've been very successful in bubbling itself. You know, the hockey, you know, Heck, the playoffs are going off. Go Canes. But at the same time, you got what we talked about, like tens of thousands of students 
competing in sports all across hundreds of thousands potentially competing in sports all across the United States and for all of them to try to figure out what's going on that's too many people too many schools like we're sitting outside Charlotte right now UNCC if Charlotte pulls out no one cares <laughs> you know yeah. I mean being honest and because they pull out of football who cares Alabama if Alabama, Alabama backs pulled, out I think you basically check the seasons over yeah the yeah. yees will be furious the yees the so, the old whites now if you're talking about the tide the road if you're going to talk about the NFL, I think there's enough money in the NFL to try their best. Yeah. They're going to attempt. Well, and I think there's been a few teams saying, like, half the fans, some fans. If the NFL really wanted to, well, there's hotels outside of Charlotte. Well, bubble well, your team inside Charlotte and then let them live there and then let them go. Because I'm going to be a little selfish here. I want to watch some football. Yeah. I think everybody does. Yeah. So I was saying the the NFL of all the teams like so the MLB isn't doing a bubble thing, but the NFL is, and their protocol is the strictest of the non-bubble sports that are trying to happen. And I don't know the exact stats, but I said something earlier about like only five. You said five five players yeah, out of the, like have the three hundred tested positive or something. Positive, but they are they're being pretty strict. And if the, anyone comes in contact with someone who might have COVID or if they get it themselves, they go on a non-disclosure COVID-19 reserve list that's separate from the IR and they can come back. But I think the NFL will happen because I think – I just don't see them losing much. that much money. They've already lost $7.9 billion because there's not going to be any fans. Because I know this because I just got my tickets refunded for the Steelers and Eagles game. Rest in peace. And all they said the well, only well, fans they might have is season ticket holders. Yeah. Well, what do you think then, Neo? Because I, I think, I think that, like I said, I think the SEC is going to try to proceed onward until they are told literally to stop. Um, but I think, I think overall, it probably will get, it probably will get disbanded, mainly because they don't, one, they one don't, they. It's like, like you said, there's not a single player that can make a difference, and. What we see in all of these major sports, baseball, they have an MLB PA, NBA PA, NFL PA, NHL PA. All of these have players associations that look out for the best interests of the players. But the NCAA does not have that. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are starting to finally realize, like, hey, we need to have this. And two, I think it's a little bit too... It's too little, too late at this current moment in time to deal with COVID. Because, like, I mean, think about it. Like, we, on the low side, for the people who are still playing, have a month, maybe. Some people even say less. Some people might say, like, the end of September. But either way, it's going to be – there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of stuff. But for the NFL, I do think that NFL is going to try to march onward as much as they can. Power just to the because shield, baby. I need I them to. I think <laughs> that the same way in which y'all are talking, if I personally said, would you rather watch college football or the NFL? NFL. 99% of fans are going to say the NFL. Because if the college football – I honestly, if the college all of college football was done away with, I would be more sad about – March Madness being done away with yeah. than I would with college football. I think you could probably find a lot of college fans who do support their teams would be very bummed. But I think at the same time... You want to know something I saw? Sorry, I didn't mean to Go ahead. You. No, sorry. go ahead. Feel yeah. free. Uh, 
I saw something where because The Rock just bought the XFL. Yeah. That college players, if they can't play, they're going to join the XFL and get paid to play. Hey, listen, the XFL, their time's a charm, baby. Um, it, it would <laughs> it would be interesting for the XFL to become kind of like the G League, to kind of be the alternative to the, the NFL. The only way I NCAA. think it's ever going to succeed. I don't know what cut you off. The NFL has to financially support it, s- to step in. Yeah. You know, I mean, the NBA. It'd be like a de- developmental yeah, type like G League. Yeah, the XFL league. trying to sell tickets, that's great. They're, I mean, you know, I followed the games that I could watch, it felt. But if the NFL stepped in and said, use that instead of training camp. Hey, you know, uh, let's say that you weren't drafted and you think you're kind of good and you got hurt year one, go to the XFL and prove try yourself. out, prove yourself, come back. Well, you know, I think a big thing about football is how are you going to do fantasy this year? Because I just had to vote on league rules in my fantasy. Of like, hey, there's going to be like uh, an individual COVID spot. You cannot use that for injured reserve. If you do, yeah. there's a penalty. We had another thing where let's say that your first, let's say I get Christian McCaffrey. God, I hope that man. <laughs> he's a hero for me as a Carolina Panthers fan. He says I'm sick. I'm opting out. Oof. They said that you know, let's say, but let's say your third pick, your third overall pick, whoever that might be, drops out. I would be the first priority on the waiver wire the next week because you, you know. Big Ben goes down, who some believe cry. some believe is going to be a sleeper quarterback this year. Yeah. We discussed. Yeah, he opts out for two weeks. Your backup is who? Duck Hodges, baby. Yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> well, it'll, know, be, it'll be Mason Randolph. I don't know, man. They're going to get hit head with a helmet. It'd just be funny to see Duck now, play again. <laughs> now, this is completely off topic from where we're going, but do you think that it's possible for individual teams to back out? Because, no. like, we saw. We saw in the NCAA that UConn did. It wasn't like a conference decision. UConn's just like nah, and then backs yeah, out. I, Do you think that like somehow, some way, the, the Jaguars are the, like the only, nah, we're the, good? No, they I'm going to be honest. There's potentially, in my humble opinion, there are maybe th- maybe four teams in the entire NFL that has enough power to go no. That would be Cowboys. I would say Cowboys. Jerry Jones for sure. I think Patriots. Steelers. I don't know the Patriots without Brady. There's a lot of things with Bill Belichick, but I think the Patriots for sure. Potentially Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and I, I think, think the Steelers. The would Steelers probably be have one. enough because I think they've been around for so long. Yeah. They have like enough. Like if the, the Rooneys, if the Miami Dolphins were like we're gonna bounce. Okay. <laughs> the rest, the rest of the division is gonna be like shut, shut up and get back and play. But like if Jerry Jones says. No, I'm, my my Cowboys ain't playing today. <laughs> There's going to be enough Cowboy fans to go like, yo, Bruh. what the heck? <laughs> you know, whoa, whoa, we're back in Jerry. Yeah. You know, even the even the newly done Kansas City Chiefs, the powerhouse that I think is even the next, like, potentially the next oh, dynasty. Oh, the next dynasty, dynasty for, for sure. sure. With Patrick. Them backing out. But my thing is, I guarantee you, the NFL has enough people, they have enough money to figure out a schedule. Yeah. Cool. Maybe a reduced... You know, we were talking about, like, you know, how long. Maybe it's only you play your conference. You know, you yeah. only play them twice, a shortened season. So the Panthers would play the Buccaneers. But that would only be six games. But then, but eight, then Seven games. Eight games. But that then after that, garbage. after you have – you pick the top two in each division and they play, like, a conference and then you go – I, I well, think I think it would be interesting. I mean, the NHL has some kind of, like, round robin, which that would be kind of cool. It's like a play-in. They're, they're doing what the NBA is doing. Playing, what the playing the, into a playoff tournament? Yeah. Those, now, now you 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 mentioned fantasy, and I think fantasy is a huge part of the NFL. I mean, I think that it's really evolved a lot since 
20 years ago, 10 I, I years ago? I think it's better because I talked to these old dudes I used to talk to. They goes, back in the day, you had to wait for the newspaper to come out, manually go look up your stats, and then hopefully you did the math correct. Oh. Well, now I have basically a live access to whatever game I want to watch on ESPN or whatever app and just be like, my guy just scored a touchdown. I know what's yeah, going on right yeah. now. Yeah. Now, because of that, there's a, I think half of it is finding the sleepers. Who do you think, and I, I want to kind of get your quarterback one first, who is your quarterback sleeper that you think is going to do really well this year, but not a, not many people are kind of high on? I'll start and then we'll move to my man who has some good takes he's talking about earlier. I would say this. I'll go two. I'll say a, a quarterback that's expected to do well, I'm a little hesitant on, and a quarterback I think is going to do really well. So I got two I, as well. I, so do two – do two um, things that you're two sleepers, and do one person that is bust. Like no shot. I, I I'm I, you can't I, do it. I personally drafted Kyler Murray last year, thinking that he would do well, and he did well. So I think he's already expected to do great. Yeah, I'm I'm I could see it. DeAndre Hopkins air raid offense. He did a lot of like last quarter comebacks. If I was gonna pick anyone, I think who could potentially do well, I think. Uh, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. I think he's a sleep- Listen, in my league, running gets you a lot of points. Yeah. The man can run. He just got Stephon Diggs. That defense is fierce. The Patriots potentially is there. I read somewhere that Cam Newton is third on the depth chart in QBs right now. I don't know. That's why. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Bill Belichick. What is he doing? So I think they're poised to take. You're playing the Dolphins and the Jets. And the Fair. Jets, and the Jets yeah. just lost. Was Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams? Yeah. So, like, the best defensive player besides Stephon Gilmore there is gone. No, don't get me wrong. I think the Dolphins, an up and coming team, they yeah. blew, they blew that team up. You're talking about like my sleeper team blew that team up. Them clinching the the win over the Patriots to knock them into the playoff. The the, the it the, was perfect. The round to lose to the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. That's some epic stuff. Um, but I think Josh Allen would be my sleeper. Now this may be home. All right. So I, you said Kyler Allen, Josh Allen. Who is your overhyped person or do you still have another say, person i would say that potentially kyler murray is the overhyped individual okay i think he's gonna do well but i think like people are like gonna want to young little, gonna want i mean Lamar. Pe- exactly he's like i've seen some like top five and i'm like listen you got still got some powerhouse teams out there now me personally this might be a, this is a homer pick for sure um teddy bridgewater is a check down machine you check it down to cmc and he gets anywhere close to a thousand thousand. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, you know if he can get, DJ, you know, even with DJ Moore getting like some bum QB play last year, Teddy Bridgewater might be a sleeper. Of, in my opinion, like I think we're gonna suck. Don't get me wrong. I think we're gonna suck. But if if we're going at garbage time, Panthers with yeah. the, our new offensive coordinator who's like running kind of a Saints stylish potential offense. You might be getting a lot of like garbage play for the Panthers because we're going to be behind yeah. a lot, and Teddy's going to be God. checking that down. You can say that's a nut. You go next with your player. All right. right. So, so two – yeah, we're doing quarterbacks. Okay. Two sleepers and one overhyped. Okay. Well, I'm biased, but I think Big Ben's going to have a great year. 
I I would honestly agree I with that. Agree with I would agree he's, with that too. He's a sleeper because everyone loves to hate on him. But I mean, there's to... there's talks that this is the first year where he's actually worked out. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. I <laughs> like, love it. Like bro, before, it was just like bro. I just show up, sling balls, and yeah, then I go home. He, but now slinger. he's just like he's looking slim, all right. and slim and sexy. Like I'm I'm happy about it. Okay, so yeah, Big so Ben, I would agree with that. He's okay, gonna, he's probably going to be most improved as well. Um, my other sleeper. Shoot, I don't even know, man. I didn't think about this. You can come back, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'll oh, come back. I'll come back. So <laughs> I think you're good. My number one is Matt Ryan. I got my sleeper. So my yeah. sleeper. I mean, you look at the talent that he has around him. Julio Jones. I mean, you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. He's now Todd got Todd Gurley to take away They've some got of the like stress. Three number one. His receivers. offensive yeah. line is now beefed up after being injured. Exactly. Last year. Second one is coming off of a bad year. Bad year. Baker Mayfield. I think, yeah. Baker Mayfield, I mean. Freddie Kitchens was not a good coach. I think it was a Freddie Kitchens fault. I think that Baker Mayfield was a, I think Baker Mayfield is a good player. And he has all of the talent around him. Nick Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb, uh, Carlos Hyde, um, not Carlos Hyde. Jarvis um, Landry. Jarvis Landry. Landry, Kareem Hunt. uh, David Njoku, Austin Hooper. um, Hooper. Like, they have all of the talent in the world to be a top five offense. And they picked up Stevin Stefanski, who did, I think, a good job running the Vikings. Still the Browns. It is still the Browns, and you're and you're a Steelers, so I I get it. Cleveland came down from a three-one deficit, and they won. So I mean, and my overhyped is a give me, and he has all the talent around him, and it's gonna like, there should be no reason why he doesn't go for four thousand, five thousand yards. But that's Tom Brady. I think what we saw last year, people can say he didn't have receivers. People can say this, that, and the other. But I think what we saw is Father Time starting to catch up with Tom Brady. And I think (laughs) that the tier of play that Tom Brady has. Now, he does have Mike Evans. He does have Chris Godwin. He does have Gronk. He has all these people. Don't get me wrong. But if Tom Brady cannot, if he is on a steep decline like I think he is, then he... I don't think he's going to be as effective or as good as people make him out to be because he was a 90 overall. A 90 overall on Madden. And I think that that's way too high. I think Tom Brady. This year. He was a 90. Nine, oh, you're talking about this year's stats? Yeah. Okay, my bad. Well, who, but, who would you say is. All right, so. That, that's me. Sleeper? My other sleeper? Uh, this is a very hot take. And this is if this happens. If Derek Carr gets benched, I see Mariota doing really well. Interesting. I will say. That would I, be a. Mar- yeah. I think Mar- that Mar- Mariota might have the same. I think Mariota has a Tom Brady effect. Yeah. Also, one, if I had another kind of honorary pick, Cam Newton. As a Panthers fan <laughs> who has seen this man dominate the league. And don't get me wrong. Yeah. He took, I will love this man forever. Took a nasty hit against the Steelers, which was that. a dirty hit. He <laughs> went down, okay. and he's, but that was a 2015 MVP caliber team. If Bill Belichick can use arguably him. the other greatest, besides Phil Jackson, coach of like all time, yeah, can rip the talent that man might have left and just the anger, yeah, the per- Patriots are going to bend over 
half of this universe <laughs> and proceed to do their business. I am inevitable. <laughs> Bill yeah. Belichick will Thanos half this league if he needs to. Now, yeah. I think, I think He's in my, my, my other big problem is we have seen a bubble effect with a few NBA players. And you've said you're sleepers. Is there going to be any bubble effect wide receivers? Like, right, let's say, for example, Amari... Amari Cooper. I was like, what does that mean? Oh, he's talking about players that explode. Players that might explode in, like, this weird environment with no people. Amari Cooper gets sick for two weeks. All of a sudden, this wide receiver steps up. Oh, I got you. So, so so a a sleeper that's in – okay. Well, potential sleeper. So, for me, example, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if I say his name right. I like his video. I like his talent. I've seen him on video. He was the LSU running back. He was picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs, last overall pick in the draft. Yeah. Their running back. Opted out Damn and man. was like, I'm done. He is now perceivably RB1 on, let's say, running back by committee yeah. on the Chiefs. Yeah, because they lost LaShawn McCoy, too. Who yeah. Who could just – the Chiefs, I will be scared to death when my team plays the Chiefs this year. Do you? We have the youngest defense in the league, oh, inexperienced. Man. I'm going to go it's watch – like the first or second week. I'm going to watch my team go, <laughs> hey, gonna we're going to have a chance, <laughs> and I'm going to watch Teddy Two Gloves – just get knocked aside by that defense. So he's going to be my sleeper running back. We're like someone I will stash and go, yo, if if someone gets if, – if this team continues to play, which I hope, pray God, we have a season because if we don't have fantasy and I watch football, I'm going to feel very naked and be like, who do I root for? Yeah. And if no football exists, I'm just going to cry on Sundays. Let's be yeah, honest. It's going to be So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be my running back sleeper pick of like, yo, this is his chance to like just make a massive – Kareem Hunt type role where like he explodes. So are we doing sleeper running back and receiver? Sleeper running back or just sleeper running backs? Yeah. Uh, running backs now. Sleeper running back. Well, I'm. I'm just gonna say James Conner again. Bounce back year. Hmm? Okay, I'm just gonna say James Conner for bounce back year because he's um, it's just a big bounce back year for everyone on the Steelers. So I'm gonna say James Conner again. I think James Conner. Oh, especially because like I was watching something yesterday. It was ESPN, and they have him like. 23rd in the yeah, rankings. They're disrespecting and, him. Like, he didn't have a 1,000 don't, yards. Don't get me before. wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think some of it is warranted. Because, like, yeah. if he is healthy, top 10 running back. Yeah. But it is the if, yeah. if he is healthy. And you, I have one more. I was going to say Le'Veon Bell. If the Jets, Frick you, dude. I was going to say that. was going to eat beers? Yeah. Well, I still love Le'Veon. Um, if the Jets can figure out a way to use him right, He's going to be disgusting. This is the Jets we're talking about. Yeah, though. I know. Yeah. I know. And, like, poor guy, he could have just took the money and stayed with us and been, you know, legend. But but I think they less. are – but I Sorry. think that they are making – The right moves. They are starting to make the right moves. They are trying to reinvigorate that offensive line. If you didn't know, Lev Bell is my pick, too. Um, I still got to Because, like, it. it's like – they have him at, like, 16, 17 in the, like – it, it's it's one of those things where it's like Lev Bell has a two time. years ago, three years Look ago was the greatest running back in the league. Yeah. The patience he had behind that line. And I think pocket. that because he took a year off, his body is still somewhat fresh. Yeah. And he had to acclimate to getting into a bin big binless like he was the guy. He had to be the guy. And I don't think Love Bell has ever had to do that before. Yeah, you're because Big Ben, <laughs> you have Antonio Brown, you have Juju. 
it, he has weapons around him in in Pittsburgh, but once he got to he Jets, is, he is the weapon. He lock, is lock, Jets. Yeah, the <laughs> he is down. the Jets. You're not running the but, ball anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think that now because he's had a year off, or not a year off, but because he's had an uh, offseason to kind of recalibrate yeah. and he knows what he's expecting when yeah. he gets there, I think he still is going that's, to be That's if he can get along guy. with Adam Gase. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone hates him in, in New York. Like, the whole team hates him. That's why Jamal not, Adams not is Not as much as Jamal Adams. Yeah. I think the whole team hates Jamal Adams. They might yeah. actually unify over hating Jamal Adams. Hey, well, good for them because New York needs something to cheer for. Dang, that's tough. <laughs> like, All right, last one, last one. All right. Wide receivers. Uh, you go first. Let me think for a second. I I would have to say that I think if there's anyone that's going to be probably the most affected by this is going to be wide receivers because let's say, for example, your quarterback is out. He gets sick for two weeks. You've got a problem who's throwing to you. Let's say, for example, that your offensive line kind of gets banged up. Two or three guys go out. Your running back game, you know, can still try to make something out of it, but now you're pressured the pocket. You're not making everything. I think it's going to be hard for me personally to say, like, a sleeper. Any of the first-round talent that was picked, the Cowboys had – who did the Cowboys draft? Uh, it's CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. I mean, these, these, these first-round picks – Rugs, uh, Rugs, uh, Broncos got Jerry yeah, Judy. Any one of those three, I think, could be a sleeper. But I think a big problem is a running back can translate, I think, faster into an NFL style offense than a wide receiver. Yeah, you got to connect with the quarterback, connect with your routes. That was the problem. Barry Sanders, you can throw that man out there in the middle of the field, and some other random team, you put him back in his prime. That man's going to make something out of nothing. Yeah. But if you throw like, I mean, unless you're talking about like Jerry Rice or like some of the greatest of all time. You need a training camp, and I think that you're going to take a while before you're going to see wide receiver yeah. pop off. I, I have no doubt in my mind about this guy, and if he is somewhat available, mm-hmm. like second, third round of fantasy, I'm taking him in a heartbeat. And that you mentioned him earlier, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, man. Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen has a huge arm. He is the guy. I mean, the biggest problem with the Bills is they had a great defense. They had a decent offense. They had a defense. They had a defense, a decent running back, a decent quarterback, but they didn't have a number one wide receiver. A number one with that experience either. And now, Stephon Diggs is now the number one wide receiver. He now, also, he has to, he doesn't have to be an Adam Thielen shadow. He can be his own guy. And I think that that's going to prove monumental for the Bills. And I think that, personally, Stephon Diggs, lock it down for 1,200 yards receiving. I'll take you to it. Lock it? Lock it down. Lock it, seal it, twist it, whatever you got to do, bop it. It just slipped my mind. You might as well go. I had his name. Well, he's already 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 gone. Okay, my bad. Um, If I was going to – I'll step in and say another person I think is going to do really well. Um, I think – we saw a really banged up Devontae Adams last year. Yeah. And a very uncertain offense with Green Bay. Um, they had a great running back. Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, did okay. You know, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's a yeah. gunslinger, the best of all time probably. I think if he can stay healthy, you're going to see a much better, mm-hmm. much more productive Devontae Adams season. Because I'm talking about people I think have just been like last year. I had David Johnson in him. David Johnson fell off a cliff. I'm not touching him. Uh, No way. If he is, like, in, like, the seventh or eighth round and he's still available, maybe. Maybe on a flyer. But if I see him 
and anyone else in like the third or fourth round, I'll mm-hmm. pick anyone else. I yeah. think Carrion Johnson might have a bounce back here. If we're gonna go back to running backs real quick, but I'm also not touching David Montgomery. He, I, I don't think he's gonna do well. I think Josh Jacobs will do well. Yeah, yeah dude, he was solid. But who? Do I f- think the Raiders' offense as a whole is gonna be like Hunter. Re- Hunter Renfro I think Marcus, uh, uh, is a I, sleeper. I Derek, think that Marcus Mariota. I think Derek Carr still has. If it. he can't perform in like t- like three weeks, they got to start Mariota. I think Mariota has chip on his shoulder. And he's going to like rip a team apart. Just like I Tannehill. don't know. I think that I don't think the t- Tennessee Titans are going to be popping. That was my uh, overhyped pick for quarterback was Tannehill. Like they should not. Have, oh they yeah, should not have thousand paid him. percent. They should not have paid him. Yeah, it no. He, he it, only succeeded because of Derrick Henry. King yeah, Henry and I yeah. think yeah. that King it's one of those things where he is a game manager. Yeah. He is not a great. He's like a it, really good Andy but Dalton. But another person that I think is going to have a major step back this year, and this could be another overhype, is Lamar Jackson. Thank you. Lamar Jackson, I think, has all the talent in the world. But I think that defenses are going to figure him out like they figured out Cam, like they figured out Mike Vick. And now, Cam was a bruiser. Cam was a run-you-over type quarterback. Lamar is a run-around, try-not-to-get-hit, take a lot of slides, do a lot of running out of bounds. But if you can get... I mean, it's, uh, Jadavion Clowney still hasn't got signed yet. But if you can get J.J. Watt on one side, Jadavion Clowney on the other, and they contain him and they yeah. don't get, let him get to well, the outside, that's, then that's – I'll let you finish as yeah. a Steelers fan because I know you don't like him. Yeah. No, okay. So I'm just saying, like, if you look at the tape from the first game the Steelers played Lamar Jackson this year, they contained him. Did they win? We lost from a bogus mm. penalty. No, oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm not even being biased. It was a bad roughing the passer. I can show you the clip. But I've already whoever's seen listening, twice. You agreed, though. You agreed, right? And Cam Scholler wasn't yeah. called a dirty hit, but we're not going to talk about that. But I agree I th- it was dirty, but I mean it Hallelujah. happened. Hallelujah. As, as, as someone who who drafted Lamar a year early, because I had him. And I, I mean, he's a good fantasy player. I think, I think if you're really going to think about it, the Ravens are a smart enough organization to figure out how to keep him going. I think a big problem with the Cam situation was the coach, Ron Rivera, was really great. But it was Cam Newton is going to bleed through this offense. He's going to be the one. And if he gets the hit, Cam's on the field, we're great. Cam's not, we're done. Yeah. But I feel like that's the same thing with Lamar. Yes, but I'm thinking about Lamar Jackson. It's just they have a pretty good running back core. Their wide receiver core is not bad. They had two tight end sets that run out there. And the year he started, he ran around a lot, and he was like, oh, elusive. And then all of a sudden, Lamar opens up with throwing, like, dots. And like that dude has shown routes. He he's it doesn't matter. He's shown that I'm he a hater. Can, I don't care. <laughs> well, big Ben. But look, if if we're talking, right. if we're Sorry. and I, I'm not I'm not trying to bash Lamar. We gotta, yeah, but we as we time. saw with the Titans, if the game is on the line, they can't play. If that exactly because they're a if they are down by seven, if they are down by ten. And you have to rely on Lamar Jackson's arm. Yeah. You are done for. What do you throw at sixty times, five hundred yards? Yeah, and, and and it's one of those things where Lamar could get better as a passer. And if he gets better as a passer, and and he becomes yeah. a the literally the the definition of a dual threat quarterback, then I will be terrified. Yeah, but I, yes, but yeah. it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like 
Michael Vick had the same effect that Lamar did, but he fell off. RG3 had the same effect as Lamar did, and he fell off. Cam, right now, had the same effect that Lamar did, and he fell off. Cam's a way better passer than all of them. Uh, I would disagree. I would say Lamar is better passer than Cam. As a a Panthers fan, I'd humbly disagree. Okay, so you're with me. No, no, no. I I, I'm with. The, I'm no, he's with me. Oh, no, no, Listen, bro. In he, when he had that hurt shoulder, it was like, I don't remember the exact. Just, that, just like five like, yard ends, anything, and it would be anything, ten yards over anything, his head. Five or like ten yards more. His, That's okay. his accuracy, but he took a hit to the shoulder. Now, yeah. yes, Lamar is like that, but my thing is, do you think we're going to see different rules due to COVID in any of these sports? I mean, outside of the bubble. I think the only you know, rules they have are after and, the games. And, and I, you can't jersey swap now yeah, in the NFL. I think that it will. Hours. I think that you you see a lot of kind of you see a lot of different rules in the MLB. I know the I mean, baseball's done a few things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, baseball you have a little a little bit of stuff going on. You got like for extra innings, you have a man starting on second. I mean, you have the like. And this wasn't even a COVID thing. This was a like starting this year thing. Yeah. But pitchers used to could be one hit wonders of like they could be a relief pitcher, and if there's a left handed batter at the plate, Call you bring in a left left handed pitcher. If he strikes him out, he's done. But now it's got to be you have to face at least three batters, and if you walk all three, you can bring another guy. If you strike all three of them out, but it kind of eliminates that specialist type person, that one hit wonder. Makes it fair. Um, you got the universal DH, which is going on, which NL fans DH are not is happy about. Hitter, D- just in yes, case. designated yeah, hitter. Just in case the one time because it was for the people who don't know baseball all that well. It was designed to take the place of a pitcher who is hitting because they don't hit well. Um, and AL has always been for this. NL has always been against it. And it's one of those things where the NL is, well, the commissioner said, we are having a universal DH. I'm in um, charge I, And I, I honestly wanted to kind of hear your guys' opinions about this. Because there are a couple things, like the extras. Do you... Do, well, let me get through all the rules, and I want to see what yeah. you guys think. So, Universal DH, there's a there's a 60-game season. I mean, that's mainly because of COVID, but going forward next year, do we want to have a 60-game season, or do we want to keep that 162 games? Um, and then, because of COVID, a lot of teams, like the Marlins, like the Cardinals, they had to kind of say no. Playing. They had to stop playing. And so, the way that they're going to make up their – games and get to 60 games is have double headers and those double headers are not going to be full nine inning games they're going to be seven inning games so from what i said extra inning man starts on second inclusion of the the three batter rule per pitcher um the universal dh the 60 game season the seven inning the the seven inning double header what of those rules would you keep and what would you kind of say no i'll let you go first okay so i'm all for the the uh, oh, I already know it. I'm I'm all for the um the the man an extra innings the man on second. Oh yeah, I think it makes things more exciting. It also speeds up the speed of the game, which everyone who watches base or doesn't watch baseball complains. That's why they don't watch it. Yeah, because it takes too long and it gets boring. I'm cool with that. I think the the pitchers facing three batters just makes things more fair for everyone. Because if you don't have that specialist guy, it's like punishing the other team kind of for having a specialist guy. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um. All my favorite teams in baseball are National League teams, so I kind of like seeing the aspect of, like, in a playoff game, if you want to keep your pitcher pitching, do you pinch hit him when it's time for him to hit at a clutch moment? 
Yeah. Or do you keep them out to hit? The designated hitter is also cool, but like I like the aspect of it both being different and like when it's interleague play, if the home team is national league, I like how the American leagues have to have their pitcher hit. I think it's cool. I I okay. Good points. Um, Good points. Okay. Um and I think the season should be shortened from 162, but not to 60. You want it, or you want me to go? Sorry. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll, you know the baseball the most. I'll let you wrap this up. Um, for the first rule being the uh, – The man starts on second. The man starts on second. I think that's exciting. I think because that, that immediately elevates play. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And then you know that baseball is going to get the fastest dude they humanly got out there. <laughs> Some dude who's just going to be basically like – like hopped up on whatever juices he's got. He's going to run the third. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to see because I watch baseball and, and my attention spans pretty slow. I always like the joke. If you ever watch like a no hitter, it's just two miserable people playing catch. <laughs> it's always like my favorite thing. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. It's still like, a I don't moment. know. After like, once you get to like the seventh inning and, and it's like, and, it? and, and it's like one of those, yeah, it's just, is, is he going to do it? Yeah. Like it's, that is, that's, that's cool. where it gets exciting. Yeah, but but for the first, seven, for like, the first six, oh. you're like, bro, what is happening? <laughs> so I do think that bleeds into the designated hitter. You may hate the Houston Astros for cheating. But people tread lightly. There, people <laughs> loved to watch them play because they were just knocking oh, yeah. balls out of the it's park. Easy to hit balls when you know yeah, it's yeah, coming. No, know. <laughs> you know who the you know who else people love to watch play? The Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> Barry Bonds crushing bats yeah, and, and, and bases. And Sammy Sosa's pink now. So you know, I mean, I think that's one thing that people like to see. Like, don't get me wrong. If I told you that you were going to watch an NBA game and no dunks happen. I'd cry. People are going to be so like, the WNBA. I well, didn't yeah, want to outright <laughs> say that they can dunk. They, there's a few people. I don't want to get. There killed. are two people <laughs> that can dunk. I don't. Brittany get... Griner, who is Kelvin Benjamin, and probably some other eight foot person. I don't so, want to get canceled. So I'm not going to so, say. So listen, I'll I, get canceled. I think I think that having people hit more, and I do think I read a percentage. If the percent of people hitting a single is lower. <laughs> he just showed me an image of a pink man. He, he, <laughs> Same, that's Sammy Sosa. That's him now. That really is Sammy Sosa. He literally looks like so, a tampon. Oh, wait. <laughs> so, if the people, if the home run percentage is higher than single percent, like single, like get to first base or second or third, that's going to be an insane. Well, that is how it is now. Yeah, so I I'm mean, saying, like, if you're going to get just, just, just give it all the juice you got and have dudes just crack the bat. But and but I dude, think, think but about it. I think it. though the only rule I don't like, I do like the strategy of the pitcher not having to do three a little bit because think of it like this: I want if I'm in charge of a team, I'm doing everything I can to win. Yeah. And if that dude steps up and he's left-handed, bump him, bring in my left guy. I pay this man on my roster this yeah. amount of money for this exact reason. Just to hit. Dangers. You know, you have people listen. If you're an NFL, if you're an NFL team and you need a dude who can like, that's why you got dual threat running backs. Like this yeah. guy's bruiser, this guy. Oh, what happens if it's like there's only going to be one designated running back and his only job is to run through the line <laughs> like a fullback? Every no one needs fullbacks anymore. Yeah. That takes away my advantage. I do understand that like you know it's at a disadvantage, yeah. but sucks to suck, dude. This, yeah. Life's not fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The second thing I can understand, but I do would say, I'd, I'd say that the, the three batter thing is kind of lame because don't you have to address your batting lineup anyway? Like before, yeah. isn't that like introduce like this is the batting lineup. You couldn't just have a dude. He's like, this is the left-handed guy. Have a dude yeah. pitch for three, insert him and he pitches three. It's and he's like, out. I see both sides, but I just, 
like what I prefer. <laughs> That's fine. What do you think, Jacob? But I don't You're the baseball. Disagree I with it, you know. Think baseball that man. there's a little bit of. So I like the ideas of the extra inning. Man starts on second. It speeds the game oh, up. Oh, it's hit, hit, yes. Bring it down from 162 like a hundred games. You're playing way too much. Yeah. They should do the NBA season like 80. Go ahead. I'm just. I need to finish off. So. Dexter innings, I think, are a good idea. Um, it speeds the game up because sometimes, like, if you have good pitching, that shit can go into 19 innings, 20 innings. And, like, if I am at a game, no matter how much I love the game, unless it is a World Series game, there was a Cubs game that, like, went into, like, the 16th inning. And at the 12th inning, I was like, nope. I don't need to know this that bad. <laughs> and so – and that was a playoff game. And so I was like, nah. Yeah. But I think I think that it, by having a man start on second, that will be make it more interesting. Universal DH, same thing. It will make things more interesting. Like, imagine that in the playoffs. Yeah. And the, the universal DH will make things more interesting because if you look at the statistics, without DH is like 3.4 runs per game. With the H, it's like 4.6 runs per you're game. And so you're getting a, pretty much a whole run per game from that DH or something somewhere on the lineup. And so I think it will make the game more interesting and more appealing to the fans. But also part of me is like, quit freaking pandering to the fans. Like, baseball has been played the same way old for dirt. 120 <laughs> years, yeah. at least. And like... Last year, two years ago, three years ago, they made this rule of like a shot clock essentially for the pitchers until the pitchers realized if I don't, they're going to fine me $1,000. And if I'm making $30 million, I can take take $1,000. Now, the only thing that I would say, I do think that the 60-game season is too short and the 162 games is too long. But here's where the problem lies. The problem lies in are the players going to get the same salaries as if they got 162 That's games? Someone smarter because, than me has got to figure that out. Because what happened this year they got reduced is that the highest person was Max Scherzer, and he got about 19 million, where Mike Trout in a regular season would have got about 36 million. And so you pretty much just cut Mike Trout's pay in half, and. The only way that that can happen, I feel like, for the owners is if they play 162 games where they can get as much revenue as they can, yep. attendance, everything like that. I and, I, and I agree that 162 games is a long time. I, you can't even watch as a single individual. They, they play as like a, every day. As a single individual, you could potentially watch most of, I mean, not every NFL, but you can switch between each NFL game and you have some idea what's going on. I can't do that with baseball. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't even know what's happening. Boston ran up a run. The Astros are doing something. The Yankees exist. I don't know what the Braves are doing. Are they still doing the Tomahawk or not? You know, I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, that got canceled. I know. So, like, you know, I, 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 I agree with your point. So, and then the last the last two. Everything's canceled. Y'all didn't talk about the seven-inning doubleheaders. You don't have to because we need to wrap it, it up. Sense. But I the seven innings so. doubleheaders, that, I think that that's the best for everybody it just because, like, situation. people – and also nine-inning – like, it's if long, you have you ever really played play baseball, it. you have had to have a doubleheader. And I – Tell you what, six innings doubleheaders are freaking exhausting. I can only imagine nine inning doubleheaders. So I think seven yeah. inning kind of 
have it a little bit less stressful on both the pitchers and the hitters. Yeah, great. Um, like, and the specialist yeah. on the pitching, I'm with Connor. I think that it is a good idea. To It adds in that strategy of if you have freaking Mike Trout, who's a righty, and you have somebody who's a lefty on the mound, I don't care whether he's on his first or 42nd. I want to remove him and get Mike Trout somewhere else. Get him um, out of there. Because I'm trying to win. But I think that, that it is part of the game. Um, I do like the idea of the, the one-person rule. But I think that it has been a great episode. I think it's been a long episode. And I think it's one of those where... It's good to be back. I, I've been w- debating whether I want to do this again, whether I've been kind of bring it back. And so as as of now, until the foreseeable future, we are officially back. Me and Avery are definitely going to be doing it full-time. Yeah. We're trying to talk Connor into doing it full-time. And so we'll see where it goes. But I, I appreciate all of you to listen. Um, always remember, as Buddy says, re- Always remember. <laughs> I was gonna say rest in peace, but then I realized he wasn't dead, and so the listeners wouldn't know that, and they're gonna be like, "He's dead." Um, but always remember that you're not only welcome, but you're wanted here. So, yeah. if you're not welcome anywhere else, you're welcome here. So, yeah, thank you for having me. It is my first episode, and I'm ending it. Have a great day. <laughs>